Thank you guys so much for being here. I, um, I'm not really here to preach to you. As I prepared, even while I was here yesterday, um, thinking about what I should share, how I should put it, and how I should just perfectly position it, and all the different things I could say and do. Um, on my way home, I just got the impression that all that was for naught. I mean, even Paul, who was good at talking, who knew how to talk, even Paul says, I didn't come with persuasive words, but I came with the message of the cross, the gospel. And there is this, I get it, there is this challenge, because in the book of Acts, you see the disciples, and all they preach about and all they talk about is Jesus, alive, risen, resurrected. And then you see someone like Paul writing his letters to say something like, all I preach is Christ and Christ crucified. It's almost as though there's this understanding that for a long time, as the disciples established his resurrection, we started to lose the power of his crucifixion. And that for many of us, in fact, in the modern church, we would typically put a cross without Jesus on it. The message there is he doesn't live there anymore. And that is a true message. In the ancient church, though you would have seen, it's why in most paintings of the crucifix, you see Jesus where? On the cross. Why? Because the message of the cross is the one with the Savior on it. And all through church history is there is this yin and this yang of which one matters more. And the reality is neither. That you don't get resurrection without a crucifixion. And you don't want the crucifixion without a resurrection. And as I was preparing for this, I just honestly thought, I'm not really interested in preaching. I really hope that what, I, what we do tonight is make an impression. I don't know the last time we did a Good Friday service. It's been years. I'm so thankful we did it tonight because God just wrecked me a little bit. You know, Hebrews, you heard Thomas read it. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but the rest of Thomas' story didn't get played tonight. I don't know if some of you noticed, but some of you love that Oh, Praise the Name song, and you're mad because you didn't get the third verse. Because on the third day, at break of dawn, you have to understand that when the disciples came to the cross, they thought it was over. They thought it ended at verse 2. And I'm not saying that to get you pumped up like, come on, let's go Sunday. I'm saying that like, to understand that Jesus went to the cross, fully understanding that his di disciples would not understand it until after he was alive. That they wouldn't understand. Why would he do the most humiliating, excruciating thing? Why would he allow that to happen? And Hebrews tells us that, that the Savior is not this high priest that doesn't understand our pain and our sorrow, the difficulty through which we walk. He, he is not one that is so far from it that he doesn't understand it. In fact, I'm so thankful that I have a Savior that didn't stop just before death. In fact, he showed you in this moment that he loves you all the way through death. That Jesus was, there is nothing that limits his love for you. And so while he is also, he is present now, 
He's also present in your pain. He's present now in your joy and your excitement. He's also present in your worry and your anxiety. He is present in your living and in your dying. And if there is hope here now on Good Friday, how much more when we understand the hope that comes on the resurrection? So why do we look at the cross? Well, because the cross shows us what love looks like. The cross disciples us. We like the resurrection because it's like, let me go live my life. But the cross reminds us that we give our lives. The cross, every time we look at it, disciples us that much more about what sacrificial love actually means. That to be like Christ is to take up our cross. And the resurrection reminds us that when we do so, we find something that you can't find anywhere else. You know, the the most amazing thing about the cross and about Easter weekend to me, and this may sound weird to you, the most amazing thing to me about all of this weekend is not that a God rose from the dead, but that a God ever let himself die in the first place. That is not to diminish the resurrection. It is to simply tell you that tells you everything you need to know about who Jesus is. And the resurrection simply allows it to live every day in you and I. That Jesus did not consider that so low or himself so high that he would not do that so that you would know how much he cares for you. See, we try to clean it up. Kind of remind people, yeah, but if you want to live resurrection life because we think this is too ugly or, or too painful. But this is what draws all men unto Jesus. This is what reminds us that God was so in love with his creation that he offered himself up to it. Even being rejected by it so that through it they would never, ever, ever forget what they meant to him. See, Jesus tells this parable, right, of the sower that sows seeds. Have you ever thought about that on the other side of the cross? Jesus became the seed that was sown in the soil of earth, that when he came out of the grave, heaven could be birthed. The tree that grows out of a mustard seed that would give people rest came out of Jesus being planted. The bread that is the bread of life, John 1, is the word of God, which is who? Jesus. So the bread that is broken that gives us sustenance, that allows us to live each and every day provided for with hope and joy and life is the bread that was placed upon the cross, broken for you and I, that it might be given to all people. The cross, as strange as it might sound, is the very thing that gives us hope. Because if Jesus would not even push back on death to show us how much he loves us, then death doesn't get to decide for us how we are loved or who we love. Jesus has shown us everything we need to know. And we're going to get to the victory because I believe 
that Jesus dying on the cross and the resurrection is two things, and I've said it a thousand times. Is it a definitive revelation of Christ's love for us and the decisive victory over death? That if death is defeated, then you and I, you and I have hope. If death is defeated and finished, then you and I, we've got a glimmer. Wherever we are, I love this thought. Jesus is not afraid of the dark. He's not afraid of the things you bring him. He's not afraid of your darkest moment. Why? Because he's lived it. Because he's walked through it. There's nothing you can bring him that he's scared of because he faced all of it, even to the point of death, so that you would know that in your good and your bad, in your hope and your worry, he is present. I'm going to read to you a few verses. And at the end of these few verses, uh, I'm going to pray a prayer. But between the verses and the prayer, I'm going to ask each of you to come up. And you can do this as a family or you can do this as an individual. And this is a bit of a hybrid that we're doing here. But you can come up as an individual or you can come up as a family and just take one candle, however you want to do it. I'm going to read these verses. i got 30 verses for you. All right, I'm going to read the story of Jesus being crucified. Now, this isn't even the whole story. When you read through the Gospels, you only really get three and a half weeks of Jesus' three years of ministry. And one whole week of it is the passion. And he changed the world. That's why John says, we can tell you all kinds of stories. We didn't fit it all in. I only gave you three weeks. So I'm going to read this out of John 19. And then I'm going to ask you each to come up and grab a candle. And then I'm going to pray. And at the end of that prayer, I'm going to say amen. And I want each and every one of us to blow out the candle that we're holding. And then we're not going to talk another word. Why? Because I want you tonight to truly consider the cross. So lights are going to go out. The candle's going to be blown out. And we're going to sit in the silence that the disciples would have sat in thinking it was over and done, but you, you get the pleasure, the joy of knowing it's not finished. So I sit in it now because I look at the cross and I see love. And I'm going to ask you at the end of the service to leave quietly. And as you leave tonight, on your drive home, as you wake up tomorrow, as you go through the busyness of the day, you will take time to continue to consider the cross. And to think about the disciples' journey to the resurrection. For them, they would have just thought it was over. For them, they would have just thought, what just happened? I I didn't think this is how it was going to go. All the while, Jesus was up to something. Let me read John. I'm going to read John chapter 19. Starting in verse 1. Out of the message translation. It says, so Pilate took Jesus and had him whipped. The soldiers, having braided a crown from thorns, set it on his head, threw a purple robe over him, and approached him with, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they greeted him with slaps in the face. Pilate went back out again and said to them, I present him to you, but I want you to know that I don't find him guilty of any crime. Just then Jesus came out wearing the thorn crown, purple robe. Pilate announced, Here he is, the man. When Pilate heard this, he became even more scared. He went back into the palace and said to Jesus, 
Where did you come from? Jesus gave him no answer. When Pilate heard those words, he led Jesus outside. He sat down at the judgment seat in the area designated the stone court. It was the preparation day for Passover. The hour was noon. Pilate said to the Jews, here is your king. Pilate caved into their demand. He turned him over to be crucified. They took Jesus away, carrying his cross. Jesus went out to the place called Skull Hill. There, they crucified him. And with him, two others, one on each side. Jesus, in the middle, Pilate wrote a sign and had a place on the cross. It read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign because the place where Jesus was crucified was right next to the city. It was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. The Jewish high priest objected. Don't write, they said to Pilate, the king of the Jews. Make it, this man said, I am the king. Oh, I'm sorry. Just. When they crucified him, the Roman soldiers took his clothes and divided them up four ways, to each soldier a fourth. But his robe was seamless, single piece weaving. So they said to each other, let's not tear it up. Let's throw dice to see who gets it. When they crucified him, the Roman soldiers... I don't, sorry, guys. I don't know why my, uh, I apologize. Is it up there? Okay. A jug of sour wine was standing by. Someone put a sponge soaked with wine on a javelin and lifted it to his mouth. After he took the wine, Jesus said, I'm sorry, God. This is not how I want to read this. I apologize. I'm going to do this the right way. Okay, here we go. The Jewish high priest objected, don't write the king of the Jews. Make it, this man said, I am the king of the Jews. This man said it. Pilate said, what I've written, I've written. When they crucified the Roman soldiers, took his clothes and divided them up four ways to each soldier a fourth. But his robe was seamless, single piece of weaving. So they said to each other, let's not tear it up. Let's throw dice to see who gets it. This confirmed the scripture that said, they divided up my clothes among them and threw dice for my coat. While the soldiers were looking after themselves, Jesus' mother, his aunt Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene, stood at the foot of the cross. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her. He said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then to the disciple, he said, here is your mother. From that moment, the disciple accepted her as his own. Jesus, seeing that everything had been completed so that the scripture record might also be complete, then said, I'm thirsty. A jug of sour wine was standing by. Someone put a sponge soaked with wine on a javelin and lifted it up to his mouth. After he took the wine, Jesus said, it's done, complete. Bowing his head, he offered up his spirit. Then the Jews, since it was the day of Sabbath preparation, and so the bodies wouldn't stay on the crosses over Sabbath, petitioned Pilate that their legs be broken to speed up death and the bodies taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man crucified with Jesus and then the other. When they got to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers stabbed him in the side with a spear, and blood and water gushed out. I want to pray a prayer, and uh, just before I do that, I'm just going to give you a minute uh, to get up and come and grab a candle off of the cross. Please be gentle. And just grab it, and then I want you to return to your seat. 
And what I'll do is I'll just dismiss you by section so that we're not too crazy. But why not, on my right side, these guys, why don't you come and grab a cross? You can do one per family or one per person. It's totally up to you. And then we're going to pray together in a moment. You guys on this side want to come and grab a candle, you can. And those in the back, if you've already done it, it's cool, but if you want to come and grab a candle. this prayer to you. I'm going to put this on the screen. This would have been the prayer that was on. If you want to bow your heads. When I say amen, we'll blow the candles out. And as the sun sets, you can stay as long as you like, but we're going to leave it quiet in here. And when you leave, I'm asking that you leave quietly in consideration of those who are in prayer. And come Sunday ready to remember the victory won in light of the love given. Our prayer tonight. Behold the wood of the cross upon which hung our salvation. In wonder and thanksgiving, we come before you, God. We thank you, Jesus, for being willing to endure betrayal, be given into the hands of sinners, and to suffer death upon the cross. We worship you, who now live and reign with the Father, and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.